0: Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 1 Kings, chapter 4. So King Solomon ruled over all Israel, and these were his chief officials, Azariah, son of Zadok, the priest, Elihoreph, and Ahijah, sons of Shishah, secretaries, Jehoshaphat, Son of Ahilad, the recorder, Benaniah, son of Jehuida, commander in chief, Zadok and Abiathar, the priest, Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the district governors, Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest and advisor to the king, Ahishar, palace administrator, Adoniram, son of Abda, in charge of forced labor. Solomon had twelve district governors over all Israel, who supplied provisions for the king and the royal household. Each one had to provide supplies for one month in the year. These are their names: Ben Hur, in the hill country of Ephraim; Ben Decker in Makaz. Shalbiim, Beth Shemesh; and Elon, Beth Hanan; Ben Hesed, in Arabeth, Sukoth, and all the land of Hefer were his. Ben-Abinadab in Naphoth, Dor. He was married to Taphtha, daughter of Solomon. Bena, son of Ahilad in Tanakh and Megiddo. And in all of Bethshan, next to Zerathan, below Jezreel. From Bethshan to Abel-Meholah, across from Jachmium. Ben-Geber and Ramon-Gilead, the settlements of Jair, son of Manasseh, in Gilead, were his, as well as the region of Argob in Bashan and its 60 large walled cities with bronze gate bars. Ahinadab, son of Ido, in Mahanaim. Ahim Maaz in Naphtali, he had married Basimeth, daughter of Solomon. Bena, son of Hushai, in Asher and Eloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Perua, in Issachar, Shimea, son of Eli, in Benjamin, Geber, son of Uri, in Gilead, the country of Sion, king of the Amorites, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. He was the only governor over the district. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. And Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. These countries brought tribute and were Solomon's subjects all of his life. Solomon's daily provisions were 30 cores of the finest flour and 60 cores of meal ten head of stall fed cattle, twenty of pasture fed cattle, and a hundred sheep and goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice fowl, for he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River, from Tithsa to Gaza, and he had peace on all sides. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel from Dan to Beersheba lived in safety. Everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree. Solomon had four thousand stalls for chariot horses and twelve thousand horses. The district governors, each in his month, supplied provisions for King Solomon and all who came to the king's table. They saw to it that nothing was lacking. They also brought to the proper place their quotas of barley and straw for the chariot horses and the other horses. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezrahite, wiser than Haman, Cacol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all nations people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. And so Solomon's fame grows, and Solomon's need for more staff and more provisions grow as his fame spreads. And so we have this list of different governors, and apparently the responsibility was divided geographically in Israel, because there are 12 tribes, and there are 12 months of the year. Each tribe, in essence, was responsible for provision for one month. And so we read the the different um, heads of the uh, the groups that made provisions from the various tribes and it says the people of judah and israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore and solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the euphrates to the land of the philistines as far as the border of egypt so this was the biggest uh, point in israel's history the euphrates river was far to the north way above where modern israel is and of course the the border of egypt is the same you know that could be varied a little bit um, from the modern Israel but roughly the same as the, the southern border toward Israel or toward Egypt is roughly the same. but that northern border going all the way to the Euphrates River, this was a, a vast extension of Israel's territory. and so he ruled over all the kingdoms um, west of the Euphrates River and uh, he uh, ruled over Gaza as well. He had peace on all sides. In verse twenty-six, we read that Solomon had twelve thousand horses. Now, friends, this is the first note that we have that Solomon is starting to get, um, shall we say, away from the plan of heaven, because Moses had cautioned the people of Israel in the Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy, about the time when they have a king. A uh, certain restrictions they were. It, Moses reminded the people to look for certain things with the king that would be over them. So, and in, in, uh, let me just read from Deuteronomy um, chapter 17, verse 16. So Moses writes, the king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses. Now, here he's um, requiring a lot of horses. I think you'll agree, 12,000 horses is a whole lot of horses. And so he goes on to say, uh, or he shouldn't make the people return to Egypt to get more horses. Later, we'll read that, in fact, Solomon did send uh, Jews to Egypt for horses. It goes on in this uh, Torah passage from Deuteronomy in verse 17, chapter 17, verse 17. We read, he must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. Well, once again, that's exactly what Solomon is about to do. Hasn't done it in the chapter we just read but he will be taking um, many, many wives. And then Moses continued to write and say he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Well, sadly, that too was something that Solomon was guilty of. And so the, the many horses, the many wives, and uh, large amounts of silver and gold were all cautionary tales from Moses for the future when a, when a king would be put in place. And so Solomon's going to fall prey to these things. It's not good. Continuing in our chapter from uh, 1 Kings chapter 4, it's, we read that Solomon God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and uh, breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. In verse 30, it says, He had wisdom greater than all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. And so his, uh, his wisdom was far greater than that of the known world, and it was resident not in groups or committees, but in one man. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered a 1,000. And then from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by the kings from all over the world who had heard about his wisdom. So truly something supernatural had happened with, uh, with this man. Not only was he um, uh, filled with, obviously, a very high IQ, but data and information and the ability to perceive what the information meant um, related to plants and animal life and birds and reptiles and fish. Something really extraordinary took place, and uh, I wish we could hear for ourselves the wisdom of Solomon if we could sit in his court. But one day, friends, we'll sit in uh, the presence of a king much greater than Solomon, We'll sit in the presence of the living God and his son, Jesus Christ, and the wisdom of not only the ages, but all of the endless eras before time and after time are contained within him. And so, Lord, we recognize that Solomon's wisdom was for a season. Your wisdom is eternal. Lord, share your insight and wisdom with us in the days of our flesh. And Lord, prepare our hearts to sit at your feet forever and ever and ever in the presence of the living God. Lord, that we might dwell in your house forever. That was the prayer of David in Psalm 23. We pray that now. May each of us dwell in your house forever. And according to Psalm 27, verse 4, to gaze on your beauty. Lord, we want to know you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.